0: M. I
1: don't think parents congratulate kids when they come out every time. I know I will if that happens here. <laughs>
0: and Michael Lucas. Michael, I'm from the suburbs, I can't play sport, and would anyone like to watch Aladdin on VHS? <laughs> this is
1: Emsolation. You also enjoy tragic, dramatic, over-the-top, completely wound-up, bonkers divas. That's true.
0: <laughs> You're in Emsolation. Right.
1: Hello, welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rassiano, and I am your spiritual guide over the next 40 minutes to an hour, depending on the edit. I am a stand-up comedian, a writer, a singer, a maximalist power queen. And joining me shortly is my best friend and screenwriter, Michael Lucas. And you're going to hear us discuss, you know, the things that we've just enjoyed during the week. And also today there's a lot of syphilis talk. (laughs) Because, you know, when you want your medical hot takes, you come to this podcast. We are very medical. Look, the syphilis outbreak gripping Melbourne at the moment is the number one thing you guys asked us to talk about and we both wanted to anyway. So it was this wonderful marrying and it's very on brand for us and I just quite frankly feel seen by our community Because, you know, when you all read there was a syphilis outbreak in Melbourne, you thought of Michael and I, and that is something I will cherish. So we do a big, deep dive into that today. You have all that to look forward to. There was another topic that you wanted us to address that Michael and I have both chosen not to, and that is the Craig McLaughlin special that aired over the weekend. Obviously, you all know by now, Craig McLaughlin was accused of multiple sexual assaults and sexual misconduct, which ultimately he was found not guilty of. But I think it's very important and poignant to remember that in the judge's summation and final comments, she told the victims that she found them to be truthful and that she believed them. So I want to let you know we won't be talking about him today. And one of the main reasons is Michael and I are good friends uh, with Christy Whelan-Brown, who was one of the brave women who first came forward to speak about... Craig McLaughlin's behaviour. She is an incredible human. She is someone I know to have huge amounts of integrity. She's so brave and I've been completely in awe of her grace and strength during this incredibly difficult time. She had the most awful things written about her and in court they dragged up everything and she held her head up high. She also grew a human and had a beautiful baby and I don't want to bring her any more pain. So um, I want to honour her and I want to honour all the other women who came forward and spoke about his behaviour. So that's why you will not be hearing us talk about that man at all. He who shall not be named. I also just wanted to thank you very much for the outpouring of response and support from last week's episode where Michael and I spoke about my ADHD diagnosis. Some of you even said that you sent the episode to parents at your school. I hope you gave us some context because I do recall other things in the episode which would have been interesting. (laughs) But, look, if this has helped you understand your child in some way, understand yourself, understand your partner, your brother, your sister, any adult you know with ADHD, then I've done my job. And I want you to know, after we recorded the episode and I thought about it and it was out in the wild. I felt intensely exposed and vulnerable and I wanted to suck it all back in. And I did for a few days kind of regret speaking about it because it's all very new to me. But then I started getting the responses in and I really one woman had been listening to the podcast while she was driving with her son and he looked at her and said, "Mom, that's how I feel. And so if it's just happened to one person, then I don't know, it's worth it. It is, and I think one of my jobs is to be an amplifier of information and content in a such a way that perhaps it helps people or it brings people comfort or information. I don't know. I take the role of amplifier very seriously. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to briefly touch on that. All right, that's enough from me. Thank you for choosing us. Make sure you are following us at M-Solation Podcast on Instagram my daughter Marcella runs that and it's just this great kind of accompaniment to the podcast so if Michael and I talk about you know an actor or a song or a trailer or a picture you can go there to get the full experience of the podcast it's the guidebook it's the cliff notes it's worth it she puts a lot of effort in make sure you're following us there and make sure you're following us on Spotify good news we are second on the Spotify charts overall that's crazy y'all Thank you. And to keep going up the charts, you have to follow us. Now, Joe Rogan is number one. I didn't know much about Joe Rogan. uh, But what I do know now, I've Googled him, is that he and I are pretty much the polar opposite of each other. Like, if you could actually invent the opposite of M. Rusciano, Joe Rogan would appear. I really paused and made an effort to make the sound. So um, maybe MDV, my editor, can you put in a... Yeah, cool. Thanks. So... He's kind of right-wing, uber-masculine, ultimate cage-fighter, commentator, pro-Trump, anti-vaccination dude, comedian. He has a massive following. He's worked very hard as the king of podcasting. He has hundreds of thousands of followers, so we have a long ways to go to beat him. But, look, you know I love a challenge. Never say never. I just need you to kind of, you guys need to like tell all your friends to download Spotify and follow us. If we're going to get there, it's its going to be a group effort, gang. This is going to be a group project and none of you can be the slack one, okay? I all need you to be all in. Remember Stephanie Kay from Degrassi? All the way with Stephanie K. Remember how hard Stephanie K worked? I want you all, oh, this is deep. This is a deep throwback reference. I want you all to be Stephanie K. I want you all to be, oh are you ready for this reference? Linda Day from Press Gang. Do you remember Linda Day? Did anyone else watch Press Gang? I need you to be Linda Day's. Are you feeling me? I need you to be Penny to inspect a gadget. Okay? You can't be gadget, gotta be Penny. Okay, that's it, that's enough for me. Let's bring in Michael. Uh, I'm just gonna have a reset, a break, get a cup of tea. In the meantime. Play the music!
0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Okay.
1: <laughs> As Michael just said, he thinks the moon landing was less complicated than us getting the podcast up each week.
0: <laughs> Pretty sure. I think we're now qualified to work at NASA and by we, I don't mean me because I've done nothing the whole time.
1: Oh, we're now to the point where my dad, Vinci Rossiano, has Frankensteined and fashioned some... Weird-ass thing, A microphone clip-in made of four different parts from the 80s. I'm afraid I might get electrocuted, which hasn't wouldn't be the first time Dad's made something that's electrocuted me, by the way. <laughs> what we need to know about Vince is my mum and dad are quite well off, but my dad's hobby is to get electrical equipment from the side of the road and rebuild it to be better than the original, ignoring all codes and uh, wearing thongs. So my whole <laughs> I life... I <think> admirable. <laughs> girl...
0: No. I do too. and it's. I think it's him knowing that if he ever ends up like Tom Hanks in Castaway, he's going to be fine. He'll jimmy some, he'll put together some, I don't know, coconuts and make some sort of sonic receiver. Oh, mate. I would really back Vincey. He's he's ready.
1: He's the guy you take taking on Survivor. If you're allowed to bring a friend on Celebrity Survivor, I would 100% bring my 70-year-old father over anyone oh, else in my life.
0: Also, so low weight, you could put him in a backpack and take him on a hike. Yeah. I mean.
1: This man's been 60 kilos since he was 14. Can you believe it? <laughs> 60 kilos. Yeah. Yeah, he's only five foot two, though. He's about as tall okay. as Colin and Oak, about the same weight, yeah. too. No, but the thing is, when you grow up with this, so he rewires, he'll buy brand new equipment and just make it better. Everything requires, like, a degree in electronics to figure out the right order of switches to turn them on. And, like, you get one lesson. My dad will stand behind you. You get one lesson, you get one go. And he's like, show me. And he stands there. I've never felt such pressure in my life, and I've performed on Australian Idol. I do live television every week, and he'll stay there. And if you put your hand on the wrong switch, up, 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 let me do it. So it's like, let's just... (laughs) That's been my whole life. It's like
0: one of those James Bond films where it's like we're cutting the bomb and yes. it's either the green or the red and the light's weird and I can't quite tell and nor can I remember what's going to set off the nuclear detonation.
1: Yeah, and God forbid, like, to turn the telly on, you just press the fucking on button. No, 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 no. No, there needs to be amps and levels and, and equalisers and aerials. And like, I'm not joking, it's about six switches to turn on the telly here and we just all sit around in the end, which is what he wants. I'm like, Dad, can you do it? So now I've like, and I said to him, you're never touching my podcasting equipment. You're not, and now here he is. He's wormed his way in.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be fair, the door was kind of opened. I've heard you dash out going, Dad, I need something. <laughs> oh, yeah. It could be anything from, Dad, I need a headphone splitter to Dad, I've got a nuclear bomb in the room and I just can't find a particular, but you got to remember my dad's job specifically was to make Parts for NASA and for the Army. My dad was a fitter and turner. He designed special tools and then had them made and they were very specific tiny little things that might be like a screw that needs to be made to a dimension to get the engine to turn on and that was dad's job. <laughs> you know, when it, when something lands on the moon, often in my childhood dad would be like, yeah, I did the sprocket such and such thing in that. I'm like, did you, mate? <laughs> My dad
0: loved to fix her up, but he went the opposite way. He was rustic, like to the extent that when our remote control and our TV broke, he built a really long stick that went all the way to television (laughs) so he could sit in his chair and poke.
1: I'm glad you bring your dad up because he would be right into the topic we're about to talk about. Uh, Michael's father, Ron, was the foremost infectious disease specialist in the world on AIDS during (laughs) the AIDS pandemic and... We are, Melbourne specifically, facing a new epidemic. It's not coronavirus, syphilis, guys.
0: I am obsessed with this. I know. I, when the topic first started coming up as something people wanted to hear about, you do, you do think syphilis, white, But the more you read into right. it, it's riveting.
1: Well, the first thing for me was syphilis is like, isn't this like scurvy? In The Black Plague. Rickets or something yeah, like that. Rickets. Yeah, Rickets. <laughs> Is that some ancient disease like, that like King it? Henry got? I just thought it was something in like Merlin or something. <laughs> <laughs> Outlander. Pretty much any of the shows I watch, there's a syphilis case for sure. But when I heard it, I'm like... Wait a minute. And I said to Scott, that's the pirate's disease, isn't it? And he goes, no, that's scurvy. I'm like, oh, so you don't get rid of it by eating oranges? Like, nah. But now I'm a syphilis expert. So basically here's what's happened. The Victorian Department of Health have reported that there's been a large spike in syphilis. The numbers have pretty much doubled since 2015. So in 2015, Mm. there were 950 cases per 100,000 people and now there's about 1,700 cases per 100,000 people. (laughs) Now, this is the bit. Syphilis is a tricky one, Michael, because you don't actually really know you have it. This is the thing. It's painless and you basically get a bit of a sore a few weeks after exposure on your orifices, like your entry points for your sex. So on your mouth, Mm. on your bottom on your vision, okay? So we're looking Mm. for entry Mm. point sores, but they don't come for about a month after. And then Mm. the sore goes away and you think, ah, great, terrific. But the syphilis doesn't necessarily leave your system and this is the problem. It can sit there and fester and um, it can fester for years. Basically, if the syphilis goes to a level two syphilis and you don't, this isn't like a video game, you don't want to, Proceed to level two. <laughs> you do not. You want to not pass level one. Do not collect $200. I don't think you want to start the game at all. I don't think you even no. want the control system. No. Syphilis is not a game people want to play. No. No. I don't think good. Anyway. i just say... Not
0: since Sophie Lee delivered the sex series have I so enjoyed someone talking through sexual health matters with
1: me. Thank you so much. So basically, if you do allow the syphilis to progress to level two, you get flu-like symptoms, you get rashes. And if you allow syphilis to, like, fester for decades, which it can because it's asymptomatic, it attacks your brain. And for Mm. cis women, it can also mean birthing defects and an increased risk of stillborns. So this is hectic. This is something that we should be taking seriously. And then I read what the scientists have been doing. And I'm sorry, I know this is a very serious topic, but I'm just going to read exactly what's been going on with the scientists in Melbourne. So basically, they're going, all right, this is terrible. This is a terrible outbreak. So we're going to be using genomic sequencing. Now, why do we know about genomic sequencing, Michael Lucas?
0: Um, (laughs) I love it that you're thrown to me. What, expecting that my genetic scientific background is going to help me in this one? No, but why Why does everyone know know about about it? My first answer, unfortunately, is Jurassic Park, and I don't think that's the correct answer.
1: Coronavirus. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, why do we know? Okay, yeah, Yeah, I'm talking... I can't believe you went to Jurassic Park. Did you forget about the coronavirus? Is this... this... (laughs) I love that you went to Jurassic Park over the international (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god. Anyway, I could have at the very least said contagion. At least I could have gone to a movie <laughs> in the right job. But anyway.
1: Okay, so it's what they were using to trace certain strains of the coronavirus, obviously. Yeah, that's right. There was mm. a silver fox
0: medical man who came on our televisions most of last year. Got it. How got quickly it.
1: you forget Brett Sutton. How quickly you move on. <laughs> to be fair, he hasn't been really doing much for us lately. But Now, the doctors are for the first time using the same technology to track the syphilis outbreak because they're warning we are on the brink of an official epidemic and I am not making this up. The genomic sequencing allows health authorities to quickly (gasps) examine outbreaks, map clusters, mutant strains and identify super-spreading events.
0: (laughs) that is riveting. (laughs) 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 I mean, really... (laughs) If the Russians want to hack into that data, how fascinating. They could have a lot of people held to ransom with that one.
1: Imagine that phone call. Um, We've just traced a syphilis super spreader event (laughs) to your house. So, basically, they're mapping orgies, guys. This is what's going on. <laughs> <But> <laughs> this is why that. you study science in high school. So, what they can also do is like, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I imagine so they can track who slept with who, by which strains gone where, and, you know, much like the way they're doing contact tracing with coronavirus, they can contact trace your dick and your vision and your that anus. so
0: exciting. I would love to get the full family tree. I mean, it's a while oh. since I've been updated, but... Like I've never been interested in going to ancestry.com to get the chain, but if I could get the sexual chain that I'm on, I mean who I might like, we could be six degrees from anyone. We don't know. We just don't know who's on our sexual chain. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Now, the thing is, it's not good because they're especially worried about a huge increase in patients presenting with syphilis-related eye. Issues ocular syphilis, and mm. that's not a brand of syphilis you want. I mean, Jesus, it's but Like, if you just have blurry vision and maybe you're seeing like little floating specks, and the IE hospital has said there's just been this massive increase, but also you can just flat out go blind, you can <laughs> literally go blind if you're not getting checked. And the other thing is that there are now <laughs> syphilis hot spots to avoid around, <laughs>
0: yeah, totally Melton.
1: <laughs> so there are, there are syphilis hotspots, and I want to know, is there now, like, alerts on Tinder or Grindr or Scruff or Bumble or Apple Maps? You are now entering a syphilis hotspot. And, like, <laughs> if you swipe right on someone who lives in this area, do you get, like, a big flashing warning saying, do not enter this area, syphilis hotspot? Like, I feel like yeah. that would be the responsible thing on the behalf of the apps.
0: I think so. I mean, <laughs> I just... And also, I really... Think the public health message that is basically just be careful about your Brimbank gangbang at the moment. <laughs> Melton orgy.
1: Yeah, anyone planning an orgy in the areas of Melton, Casey and Brimbank, if you could please pull back or wrap up and strap up, please. I want to be a part of a door knocking campaign in the area. Psst. Excuse me. Are you aware you are living in a syphilis hotspot? Is anyone here having casual sex on the apps? Okay, terrific. I want to be a part of the contact tracing team. Hello? Yes, hello. This is Em Rossiano from Syphilis Headquarters. You have come up on a list of contacts. Can you please retrace your penis' steps over the last month? <laughs> it's not funny. It's a serious issue. And basically what I want to say to anyone listening now, especially, I mean, the first thing I obviously said to my teenage daughters was, guys, you need to um, just be very wary of anyone from these areas. <laughs> Not that either I think of my that kids.
0: It was a comfortable conversation for you and them. That's
1: fine. I know. I read the article out over dinner. Like we were just sitting there, and it popped up as an alert. So the algorithms really know me. I feel so seen. I got an Apple News <laughs> alert about the syphilis outbreak. They really get me. And I, I said, <laughs> "Oh, guys!" And they probably also about. She, she's she's she's
0: a little bit OCD. She'll obsess over whether she has the symptoms, even though logically there's no real way that she oh, could have got it. I'm Scott so Free. You got to
1: you got to be having things entering your holes. There's nothing going on in my holes. <laughs> For once, I am perfectly fine. Unless you can get, unless you can get syphilis from excessively watching Outlander, and then like, unless my, okay, I'm not doing that because oh, no. my kids. Listen to this, like
0: Jordan. For all those years <laughs> since the heyday of redheads, I mean, we don't know. No,
1: nah, I didn't have enough sex even in my heyday, sadly, and syphilis <laughs> was non-existent then. Because here's the interesting fact: because I have done my research, basically all these aggressive, scary 15th century royal family pirate diseases. Went in the early 2000s, they were gone because obviously the AIDS epidemic made everyone realise how important it is to wear protection and get regular tests. But now they're back because of the rise of casual sex through the apps.
0: Yeah, well, and also you can take your prep and whatever for AIDS, but it's not covering you for everything. Mm
1: -mm. Reduced fear of HIV and lack of screening. So this is what's happened, especially with the casual sex through the apps. That is, you can go on those apps, obviously, and just ask for that. You don't have to go through the whole bar rim roll and pretend you want a relationship or whatever. You can just, like, do a root and boot, totally. Mm. And the rooters and booters are not strapping up. And what's interesting is this all kind of went haywire when we were all supposed to be a lockdown in our houses.
0: That's, that is what I love. The fact that in Melbourne there's been an explosion. Like we managed to eradicate this airborne really difficult disease, but but we had an explosion in fucking syphilis. Yeah. How do we like, we had everyone on lockdown, so people must have been doing the driving around, the sneaky, people must have been horny in lockdown. So horny. And I sort of get it. I get it. I mean, I don't approve of it, obviously. Lockdown was lockdown and and we all needed to do our bit. But people had, you know, they had time on their hands. They were messaging the dodgy ex. They were doing a bit of Ben and Jennifer. And then next thing you know, syphilis. (laughs)
1: This is our legacy, Melbourne. Well done with the international pandemic squashing. Not so good on the, on the archaic, terrifying, sexually transmitted diseases front. I,
0: don't I know how they didn't go hand in hand. Like, were people bonking with masks on or something? I mean, it's really impressive well, that I we managed to, like, stamp out coronavirus, but not syphilis. That's so true.
1: <laughs> I didn't do research on the oral syphilis increase. Because that would be interesting. I feel like if people are sneaking out and having sex with randoms and not wearing condoms, I don't think they're mask people. I feel like they're, they're not probably washing their hands as much as we were and, like, you know, not seeing our parents. I feel like they're just boinking and then getting these really terrifying ancient STIs. So... feel sure you're right. I just love this new world
0: we're in where detailed health statistics are now just something that we can all get excited about. 100%. So I, you, like, I was looking at the causes of death in Australia. I've never paid attention to it before, but now I'm just used to checking graphs and tellies <laughs> and everything like that, and it is riveting. Like I'm shocked at how many people. We've got 4,000 people a year that are dying from accidental falls. That seems like a lot to
1: me. That is Being a lot. Such a big killer. I know. I always like to see like how many people are dying from coconuts dropping from trees because it's quite high in tropical countries. I'll tell you wow. right now. And That's there's so a lot of rhino charges in Africa too. I think rhinos are quite responsible. Hippos are deadly, particularly in Africa too. I believe. haven't done any research.
0: Malignant (laughs) neoplasm of the prostate is taking out 4,000 Australians and I didn't even know I should be worried about it. Oh, my
1: God. But what I am hoping for, obviously, I mean, if the syphilis outbreak does in fact end up becoming an epidemic, I want daily press conferences where Dan Andrews is forced to report. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay i want you to know in brimbrank especially we had 1200 new cases guys fucking strap it up all right i'll say it once i'll say it again put the dinger on i want dingers on all of you and get tested okay I there's going to be testing stations every big syphilis <laughs> testing stations are going to be set up i'm not joking i want to see this thing taken as seriously please as oh, totally. Yeah.
0: yeah Someone yeah. in a stern voice going, there were four consecutive orgies all in separate barbecues gloss tours.
1: <laughs> we can't accept this. You've let everyone down in Melbourne. I want the same shame. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: And, and I want the same Auslan interpreter to tell this oh story. Oh, my well. God.
1: We need to bring the band back together. We need Daddy, we really Dad do. and Big Dick, basically.
0: <laughs> we need all three of the I band. I it would rate. If they said Dan Andrews, especially because we haven't seen him for a while, coming back after three months to do a live what syphilis a return. update, it would be so high rating.
1: What a comeback. Dan's going to do his first press conference in spinal surgery and he'll be addressing the syphilis epidemic. Oh, my God, it's a ratings <laughs> bonanza. Look out fucking maths. We're coming for you. What I do want to say in this chat on is get tested. Like if you are sexually active and you're a single person in Melbourne or if you have teenagers, just go and get an STI check. There's no no harm can come of it because remember with all seriousness, especially it's affecting cis women at the moment and it can very very much stuff up Their reproductive organs and a higher increase of miscarriage, of stillbirth, of birth defects. Like, it's this is serious shit. And if it's left long enough, it will attack your brain. You will lose your mind. You could lose your sight. So, like, yes, joke, 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 STI, but I want you all to. I just feel
0: like I suddenly felt like then, like I was Chella or Odie, just hearing you go, you will lose your mind. You will. And I approve of it. Well yeah, no, like message.
1: initially, of course, it's like it's we're only human. A syphilis epidemic after coronavirus. It's like, oh, come on, guys, because we're all so horny. But also, serious, serious, serious. Get tested, okay? I feel like I feel like we've been you know responsible and hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> which is very
0: on brand. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
1: Moving on. What are you what are you watching at the moment? What are you putting in your eyes?
0: I am having intensely traumatic television viewing experiences. I'm watching Underground Railroad on Amazon, which is Barry Jenkins who won the Oscar for Moonlight in that, of course, heart-stopping moment when he at first was not announced as the winner and then they corrected it. Anyway, he has made an amazing uh, series based on Colston Whitehead's novel about escaped slaves called Underground Railroad. Mm. It is so brutal, though. It's there to binge on Amazon, but you cannot, like... It's searing. It's incredibly beautifully shot and, and devastatingly well performed, but you can only watch one episode at a time. And, and so you need sort of like you need yeah, to watch
1: your balm, like watch yourself.
0: Well, unfortunately, the other show that I'm obsessed with, and the obsession has only grown, Mare of Easttown, Town. I can't, I can't even, anyone who is watching it right now will know what I'm talking about. It is unbelievably, heart riveting, but it's also traumatic. So basically, I just go to the television every night have solid trauma, and then try and go to sleep.
1: Oh my God! Well, you really sold those, to me. Gosh! (laughs) Well, I am watching two things that are right on brand for me. I'll tell you right now. The first thing is Girls 5 Ever. We are Girls 5 Ever! Why Girls
0: 5 Ever? Because we're going to be
1: famous 5 Ever.
0: (laughs) They were thing for a second back around 99, 2000. I was a baby in 99, but I like it. It's old school. Makes me think of my mom's boobies. Oh, God. Girls five have booked a gig. (gasps)
1: Reunion! I don't know if we should do this. Don't say that! (gasps) Was that good? I've tried out for the housewives like eight times. (laughs) Cool. We watched the first episode together and we were very disappointed. It wasn't great. Because we wanted to love it. Tina Fey, everyone involved we love, Busy Phillips, the whole thing. And the show. And the
0: girl that plays Angelica in. Hamilton she's an a- by the way is 50 just take that in sorry I
1: cannot believe that she is 50 she, looks, 50. she looks honestly, honestly like Beyonce. she plays the Beyoncé in girls five over she looks 30 i can't believe it but it doesn't matter let's not congratulate women for looking good for their age but she looks <laughs> amazing like bitch has kept it real tight so basically it, there's this, this girl group who had like a couple hits in the 90s and they're making a comeback now and the songs Sarah Borellis plays the lead, and I have to tell you, I've come. I feel like I owe them an apology. I wrote them off after the first step, and I got a lot of messages from you guys saying I'm really disappointed with Girls Five Ever. But I loved it in the end. And here's why. Because I think I was trying to complicate it and I was wanting too much from it. And I was wanting it to be something that fulfilled me and made me think and like had a social message. But it's just dumb and funny. And the songs (laughs) are fucking hilarious. Dream girlfriends. No pushback. Cause our moms are over tired and hoping for the best. If you do nothing but take in the lyrics of some of the songs, they are amazing. Whoever wrote the songs, the lyrics of the songs, I think Sarah Borellas had a lot to do with the music of the show, but the, the actual... <laughs> is so funny. And in the end, I think it's only got six episodes or seven episodes, and Andrew Rannell's playing the definitely straight, definitely gay husband of Busy Phillips is and he he ends up having a hermit crab fetish. Like, there's just some bonkers, wild shit in there. I'm watching it. And I'm like, I'm glad I stuck this out. It's dumb and funny and comforting and it's like eating chocolate and salt and vinegar chips after your swimming lessons in primary school. You know when you get out of the pool and you're like, and your mum gives you salt vinegar chips or burger rings, and it just hits the spot. <laughs> it doesn't nourish you, but it fucking hits the spot. It takes you the chlorine. Do a
0: form of movie re- reviews that just equate it with particular kinds of food because I know exactly <laughs> what kind of quality I'm going to get from that show now.
1: <laughs> I could do that. But that's the thing. It's like when I needed a break from everything, and, I, and I've been feeling obviously everything's been really heavy in my life with all these like, relentless reassessment of everything I thought about myself to my core. I need a Girls 5 ever and I just, these ladies, I want to thank them and it's, you know, five leads all over 40. I want to thank them for getting me through this time and I will always equate Girls 5 ever into giving me this respite from my relentless brain. So watch it. Uh, totally. And also remember, 30
0: Rock had a pretty flat first episode. Yeah. Tina Fey acknowledges it herself. Mm. It, that 30 Rock did not find itself for a little way. So, so it's worth, when a Tina Fey show comes on, you want the hilarity right yeah. from the get-go, but sometimes she's just warming up.
1: Yeah, and again, remember, we're holding women to way higher standards in the TV industry than men. Think about all the fucking stupid male buddy shows that have made it to air that are so dumb and awful, but... How how many How many Ten years seasons. Of
0: two and a half men. Did we have
1: Big Bang Theory? Like, come on! Like, we. This is just five women over forty, written by women, directed by women, produced by women. Support it. It's good. It's just dumb. And the other thing I'm loving is Halston. I have a vision. I'm going to change the face of American fashion. What we need is to figure out your signature.
0: What's going to make me see some gorgeous woman and say, that's a Halston? <laughs> I have not seen it yet, but basically all I've seen is and McGregor playing a gay fashion designer interspersed with Liza Minnelli. And if ever there was a trailer that just screamed Emoraciano, that was it.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. You have nailed it. Yes, it, um, it's a mini series following the life and career of legendary fashion designer Roy Holston, Co-written and EP'd by Ryan Murphy, who look he Ends and I have a denial compl- about loving. No, we have a complicated relationship. He's so hit and miss, but everything he makes is stunning. So whatever, this is amazing. The only thing is, mm, Ewan McGregor playing Holston. Ewan McGregor's not gay. Holston was all the way gay, so gay, gay, and he is obviously straight. So, hmm, could we not have cast a male lead who was a gay actor? But having said that, when you look up Holston, hey my God, he looks exactly like Ewan McGregor. So oh, I think if complicated. It, yeah. I, th- I feel like gay men have made the show and maybe if gay men have given Ewan the blessing, I don't know, how do you feel as a gay man? I feel like
0: the, the needle has really changed on that because of It's a Sin. Mm. I feel like when they made that show, which would have been in production before It's a Sin came out, it was still sort of like, you know what, it's really at the discretion of the film. And ever since It's a Sin, it's a little bit swung more towards, you know what, Try for, You try for and McGregor has spoken about it, though, pretty eloquently.
1: Yeah. And also not every actor who's gay is out. And it's not something you can ask an actor, you know, it's like, Some of them want to stay in because obviously they're worried about being believable and cast as straight men, so like it's not as simple as being able to look at someone and know their race, perhaps no and and often
0: you know some people would say their sexual preference isn't the centerpiece of their entire identity mm. although 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 from the sounds of it, it's saying it's a pretty significant part of this character. oh story.
1: mate, it's all about that <laughs> but, um, it's like he, but his family and the Holston Archival Association have come forward and said it's an inaccurate, fictionalized account of Holston, which makes me think it must be true it yeah. is orgies, Liza, interspersed with Liza Minnelli doing show-stopping numbers. There's fashion parades. There's costumes being made on the fly out of, like, curtains, like fucking Sound of Music on crack with gay men and designers and painting. It's just... Oh, if that
0: were my estate, I'd be proud. Like, I'm, i am say... I'm going to write to my descendants, not that I have any, but if I did have them, I'd say <laughs> if anyone makes a miniseries about me that's nothing but orgies and Liza Minnelli, come out and say, yep, <coughs> accurate. 100%. I demand
1: that be the case. Like, did Em even know Liza? No. <laughs> She They they never met. But can we just have Liza spinning in, singing New York, New York, please? Sure. Was she in Berlin uh, during the making of Cabaret <laughs> on that I chair know. right next to her? I don't recall it. And, like, there's even, like, this delicious conversation that happens between her and Holston where they're talking about kind of breaking free of the shadows of, of you know, misconceptions about them. And she's like, you know, I don't want to be Judy Garland's daughter. And I was like... <gasps> Amazing. And I was like, part of me was hoping, like, Judy would walk in, but then I realised Judy had died by then. But, I mean, come on, couldn't we have hologrammed Judy in at some point? If we wanted to go for 10 out of 10 gay, they really wanted to get us. I wanted to hologram Judy Garland appearing to, like, in a dream (laughs) sequence to Liza. That could have happened. Ryan would have had the budget. (sighs)
0: Oh, no question. I hope, look, all I can say is I hope if Ryan Murphy ever does the Peter Allen, Liza Minnelli marriage story, if we're not cast, I mean, I know I can't sing or dance, but I feel like spiritually you and I should play those roles.
1: 100%. But, like, also Liza and he in this, their friendship is so between hag and, and gay, it is just... Delicious. I love it. I've only watched half of it. I think I'm about to hit Holston's still on the up and up. You know, he signed the big deal. He won the Battle of Versailles where they got together all these. Oh, it was the design. Oh my god, I'm having I'm having a little stroke because I'm having I'm so excited to talk about it. This is how I know this <laughs> is when I'm learning how my ADHD brain works. Like I've become obsessed and I'm like zeroing in on but there was this whole thing. And <laughs> I love that you started with so many serious medical things day
0: you saying I'm having a stroke. But also I could believe yeah, I can see. In future, I will go to the hospital and have to explain to a doctor she had a stroke. She was talking about Holston. Oh yeah, she just but, got really excited.
1: Like, I didn't even know there was like an Olympic fashion off at the at the side, at the castle. It was Oscar de la Renta. It was French designers versus American designers, and they all got went into the palace, and they all had to like it was like the Olympics of fashion. And Liza was singing when all the American designers came out, and oh, then my God. and it was this whole thing which I didn't even know happened, but I looked it up, it happened. It was, like, to prove who has had the better designs, America or France. It was so good. God, anyway, that
0: combines so many things you love.
1: But the problem is, right, and I know what's coming. I know it's coming. Like, obviously, I'm on the precipice of his spiral. So at the moment, everything's good for Halston. He's got a new atelier. He's, like, got money. He doesn't have a drug problem yet. You know, he's just casually hiring male prostitutes. But they're all kind of, they look like Freddie Mercury and they love him. And I just know we're about to hit... Oh, geez. Diseases. Enjoy,
0: yeah, but you'll enjoy elements at the spot. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they'll be fabulous in some, But I am and I'm sure enjoying at one point the end. will be all destitute and horrible, and Liza will come and she will look amazing. Oh, she'll always In look contrast. Good. She'll always look good.
1: But I am prepared now for the back end.
0: <laughs> Unintended. Yeah.
1: I'm prepared for the spiral that we're about to hit because I fucking know, like, we're building, they're building, they're building, I feel it and I've just got to get ready for it. Like, I'm seeing nightclubs. Apparently someone died in the vents at Studio 54 one night when Holston was there. Spoiler alert.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah you're ready. You're ready. You're okay. braced. You know the symptoms of yeah. syphilis. You're ready to watch it.
1: Oh, mate, half of that, I'm sure. <laughs> I think if we were doing some genomic sequencing on the Holston era... I feel like, what's it called? What's the hot... What is it when they all get together? The super spreading event? Super spreading. Fuck. Everyone finds out for <laughs> two weeks
0: from Isa Manelli herself.
1: The syphilis super spreading event will be able to be genomic tested back to Studio 54 when the guy died in the vents. Anyway, that's my review of Holston. You can stream it on Netflix. And don't watch it with your kids because I was sitting around, my kids were in the room, and there was like this scene where, like, there's a lot of up the bum. Just gonna say it. As long as if you're comfortable with up the bum, terrific show for you. <laughs> and it's great. They're just normalizing it. We we're all fine watching sex scenes because the girls and I yeah, had and to- there shouldn't be any difference. Nah. Penetration yeah, doesn't matter. I mean, they don't the show. It's consensual. They don't show it popping in. But you get the idea. But what I will say is, like, the girls and I always discuss before we watch something and, like, there are certain shows that we have to just look at each other and we know there's a new one called Demeanour, which is kind of like Game of Thrones, and it's like a hug or sex scenes. And we all just look at each other last night and we just said, okay, let's just agree not to make eye contact when it happens. (laughs) And that's what we do because the girls and I all love that fantasy, you know, swords, hot hot dudes, maidens, royal ma- monarchies being dragged down. And any time a new series like that comes out, we're on it. But then Chella's like, oh, there's hardcore sex scenes. I go, that's okay. Let's just agree not to make eye contact during the time. I mean,
0: that's excellent parenting.
1: Right? Why should they miss out on the hardcore sex scenes? Exactly. I already want to watch Game of Thrones, but I said to her, it's super, like, there's so much awful rape in the first, like, three seasons. I said, I think I want you to read the books and then I'll let you watch it from, like, season four onwards. Oh. When- Yeah, I don't think I'm going to let Odie watch the first half. It's appalling. Game of Thrones treats women in the most appalling fashion and then they realised, oh, we need to deviate from the books and make women powerful. So, yeah, I think I'm going to make her read the books and then watch when they stop doing all the horribleness. It's a lot. It's a lot. Game of Thrones is a lot. Okay, time to go because I think we've been going for like an hour. We have. Yep. Yep. All right. So (laughs) thanks so much for coming to my TED Talk about (laughs) (laughs) Holston.
0: I really appreciated it. Thank you. (laughs)
1: A fever dream. There was no
0: pulling out, totally. I was strapped on the plane. I didn't know whether we were going to crash land or whether we were going <laughs> to cruise on in. But anyway, all I know is I'm disembarked now. I'm in a parachute floating safely to the ground. <laughs> I hope you're OK. I'm
1: having a personal summer. of have everywhere. <laughs> Liam's going to have to put the Oprah Winfrey filter on the fucking camera. <laughs> Jesus Christ. OK. All right, chat all right. soon. Thanks, doll. Bye. This
0: is insulation.
1: Okay, my darlings, I've recovered from the Holston fever dream. Sorry, I just get so carried away and poor Michael couldn't get a word in. I'm going to put a sign up, let Michael speak. I'm aware, I'm aware... I'll get there. Hey, thank you so much for listening this week. I wanted to remind you that I am going on tour in June. I'll be visiting Adelaide, Brisbane and Sydney. Brisbane, there are only 40 tickets left. Sydney, there are only 100 tickets left. And Adelaide, I think we're at 150 left. So this is it for me for the year. I just need to kind of focus on the podcast. (laughs) So this is the only chance you'll have. I'm not adding second shows. I was going to, we were going to announce them this week actually, but then I just kind of said to my promotions company, Frontier, I, I'm, I don't, I don't think I can do it. So we're just going to do the one in each city, and um, they're all nearly sold out. So please, if you want to come along, grab your tickets as soon as you can. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you all then. And I want to let you know that today's episode was produced by Ben Wozley and M. Rossiano, edited by Mark Del Villa, videos by Liam O'Brien. They all go up on social media. We film a lot of the podcast, so you'll be able to kind of get an idea of what we're looking like when we're saying the words. Theme music by Entente Music. Socials by Cella Rossiano Barrow. And we're a Spotify exclusive, so thanks for listening here. Make sure you're following us as well. That helps us be Joe Rogan. Maybe in 10 years. Who knows? Signing off for now. Chat to you next week. Bye, babies. Oh, that was weird. Bye, pals. Did we decide pals? Bye, emsulators. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.